Good morning. Today I'm continuing with the series, Living at the Crossroads, as we consider some of the things that Jesus did and said in the days leading up to his crucifixion, while also looking at how our lives intersect with his life-changing message. For those of you who may have missed my online comments from earlier this week, I want to point out that my decision to talk about the intersection of go home and go big predates the Michigan mandatory stay-at-home order by several months. Furthermore, unlike our governor's order, which, by the way, I strongly encourage you to honor, in my message, the decision to go home is not a particularly good thing. I invite you to view the timing of my title as simply a happy coincidence that God sent along just to give us an excuse to smile. Again this week, I encourage you to grab your Bible, uh, fire up your imagination, and picture yourself standing in an intersection, an intersection that has the potential to change your entire life. Turn one way, and you may miss out on an incredible opportunity. Turn the other way, and you'll begin a journey that finds you continually discovering all of the goodness that God created you to embrace, in spite of any and all circumstances you may encounter along the way. Turn one way, and, well, you just go home. Turn the other way, and you go big, and then even bigger, and bigger still. Two different stories from when Jesus was approaching the cross about two different people with two drastically different outcomes, both at the same crossroads, a crossroads that each of us will inevitably encounter at least once in our lives, if not more often. So let's jump in and think about go home. The story I reference with regard to go home is from Matthew chapter 19. And we pick up the story in verse 16. We read, Now a young man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, Do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And I'm going to stop the story there. Jesus goes on to make a few comments. Um, But I want to focus on the first part of the story. Now that you've heard the story, pause for a moment and remember the context. Jesus is subtly, yet very intentionally, making his way to Jerusalem, all the while knowing that the crucifixion is waiting. He is consistently attempting to convey to his followers 
everything they needed to know in order to be prepared for the challenges that were to come. But the catch is, they don't know that's what he's doing. With all of that going through his mind, Jesus is approached by a well-to-do young man who asks a question that everyone should ask. Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And I hear that and I think, so far so good. It's a great question, followed by the clear instruction to simply walk in obedience. But then the wheels come off when the young man asks a follow-up question. When Jesus said, obey the commands, he says, well, which ones? And when I hear that, I think, "Uh uh-oh, it's about to get real. Let me paraphrase this this exchange uh, just to emphasize my point. We have the young man who says, what do I have to do to be right with God? Jesus responds, obey. Believe God is who he says he is. Receive the love he has for you and choose to follow him. The young man replies, I get the obey thing. I've got that. But let's be honest. What's the least I have to do? Because I think I've already met the minimum requirements. And Jesus says, I want you to go big. The young man thinks for a moment, looks at the crossroads, and says, I think I'll just go home instead. Perhaps when you hear this story, you might be tempted to think about that it's about money or possessions. But I believe that's missing the real point. I believe Jesus wants us to go all in, even though we may be tempted to go just enough to get in. Do you catch the difference? He wants all in. We maybe just want to get in. Jesus knows how much God has for us, and he doesn't want us to settle. Remember, when this exchange was taking place, Jesus knew that shortly after this conversation, he was going to go big on behalf of all of us, so that we could each and every one of us have all the riches of our Heavenly Father instead of settling for what this world has to offer. Picture this young man, filled with incredible potential, standing face to face with Jesus at a crossroads. Jesus invites him to follow him and go big. And instead he chose to go home sad. So what about you, my friend? When was the last time you stood at a crossroads with Jesus? Be honest with yourself. Are you at risk of maybe going home sad because you want to get by with just barely meeting the minimum requirements? Kind of a sobering thought, isn't it? Now let's return to the crossroads so we can 
wrap up this time with an upswing as we celebrate the example of someone who stood at those same crossroads and chose to go big. This story is from John chapter 12. And for those of you who listened last week, you remember we were in John chapter 11, so just kind of picking up where that left off. And in John chapter, when I spoke last week on, from John chapter 11, I, I made a passing reference uh, to this experience or this story in chapter 12 when I talked a bit about the relationship between Jesus and Lazarus and Lazarus's two sisters, Martha and Mary. Now, as John tells the story, we are literally just hours from the triumphal entry, which sets the official Holy Week timeline into motion. And they're having a dinner party at Lazarus's house. And at this party, Mary shows us what it's like to go big, even when some around us would rather we just go home. So again, turning your Bibles to John chapter 12, I'm going to pick up with just the first couple of verses in the story. John chapter 12, starting with verse 1, says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And I, I get a kick out of it when, they, when they, John records that. It's just kind of a byline. Yeah, he stopped by Lazarus's house. You know, Lazarus, the one, the one that he raised from the dead just a little while ago. So anyway, we have them here at Lazarus's house. And a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. When Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus' feet and then wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Friends, when I hear that, the light bulb goes off even for somebody who can be a little slow on the uptake. And it's like, oh, so that's what it's like to go big. Here we're having a a casual dinner party a few select friends there celebrating Jesus and, and acknowledging the, the fact that he's just raised Lazarus from the dead in recent memory. And as they're reclining around the table, Mary comes in. She gets down on her knees at Jesus' feet and she pours this expensive perfume on his feet. And then in an ultimate show of love and humility, she begins to wipe the perfume off his feet with her hair. And John tells us that as she's doing this, imagine just how everybody just kind of stops and and tries to soak in what it looks like as Mary goes big. And, and the fragrance of that perfume begins to just fill the room. And I have to think there's just a sense of awe and wonder, both positive and not so positive, as they're watching this. 
Now, a little bit later in the story, it tells us this, but but as Mary's doing this, I know some of you, uh, because of all the craziness that's going on, were able to to put off doing your taxes, and and others of you have just done your taxes, so so you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. But we're told that that this go big moment of humility and ultimate love and worship, we're told that that perfume that Mary is pouring on Jesus' feet was equivalent to about a year's salary. Now those of you who've done your taxes, you know what that is. Maybe it's 25,000. Maybe it's 50,000. 75 or 100,000. Maybe more. Just picture that. In one incredible moment of going big to honor her Savior. The man who literally brought her brother up from the tomb. The man who wants to bring us up from the tomb. She's dropping in a matter of moments thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And then just with incredible humility wiping his feet with her hair. Now everybody who was there was impressed but not necessarily in a good way. When I say go big even when others may want us to go home this is what I mean. Verse 4 But one of his disciples Judas Iscariot who would later betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. He'd not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money, he used to help himself to what was put into it. To keep it in the context of the previous story we looked at, Perhaps we could picture Judas saying, Mary, why don't you just do the minimum and go home? Why do you have to go big? But the beauty of this story is Jesus says, you know what? There's a place to go big. In verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume from the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Remember, Jesus has got his feet in the present, but his eyes are on the future. And he knows what's coming. And he understands the significance. And once again, he's, he's trying to give them a glimpse. And Jesus says, as is my interpretation, in the context of this message, Jesus says, there's a time to go big. You can always go home, but sometimes it's the right thing to do to go big. But this part of the story wraps up with a reminder that while some will say go home, when we want to go big the harsh reality is 
sometimes going big will also meet with opposition. As we finish the story out, so in verse 9, <clears throat> Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there, that Jesus had came, and not only because of him, but also to, excuse me, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. That's kind of something you'd want to see, I would think, if you lived in the neighborhood. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Friends, Jesus says there's a time to go big, but it's also important to remember that going big will oftentimes meet with big opposition. But going big also can yield big results. Yes, the leaders were resistant and were threatened by the news of Jesus. But Jesus understood that there were big results because lots of others were coming into believe coming to believe in what he stood for. Friends, it's one thing to process each of these stories independently. But to me their impact is multiplied exponentially when you look at the contrast they provide when taken together. And then the impact increases yet again when you picture the cross looming at the background. While it is certainly appropriate to view the crossroads of go home and go big as it relates to a one-time faith decision, like when we choose to say yes to God's offer of salvation. However, this morning I invite you to see it as something much bigger. Imagine what might change if we began to envision ourselves at that crossroads of go big or go home at the start of every new day. If we saw ourselves at the crossroads of go big and go home every time there was a decision to be made. What if every time there was an opportunity to love or an opportunity to serve or an opportunity to worship. We pictured ourselves at the crossroads of go home and go big. I wonder, would we find ourselves being intentional about choosing to go big a little more often than our natural tendency would be if we only pictured that crossroads? Imagine imagine your life as you start your day and Jesus standing there with you at the crossroads. He looks at you and he says, what's it going to be today, my friend? Are you going to go home? Or are you going to go big? I suspect most of us, if we picture ourselves looking Jesus in the eye, 
we'd have a really hard time saying, well, you know, I think I'll just go home. No. We want to be the kind of people who say, Jesus, with your help, I'm going to go big today. Friends, where might you be tempted to go home? Just go home. When Jesus is inviting you, come on, let's go big. Or to put in the present tense, where could you choose to go big in your present circumstances right now? And what's stopping you? Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, it's amazing to stop and think that even with the cross on your mind, you cared enough for us to savor the moments and to put stories in front of us that remind us that you loved us so much that you went to the cross and that because you went to the cross and because you came forth triumphant over sin and death as you left the tomb and ascended into heaven because of that every one of us can say in Jesus strength I want to go big Father, help us to resist the temptation to do just enough and go away sad when you want to give us the strength and the opportunity to go big. We asked in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, that you will empower each and every one of us even in the crazy circumstances in which we find ourselves right now, to be mindful and look for ways to go big. Maybe it's to go big in the way we love and worship you. Maybe it's to go big in the way we serve and honor you by serving and uh, honoring others. Maybe it's in the way we choose to be incredibly focused to walk in obedience with you. Maybe we're going to go big in our drive to to know your word or to be driven to our knees on the behalf of those around us. But Father, let us be a people who choose to go big. In Jesus' name, amen.